Good morning. How are you? It's been a strange season. I hope you're well and in good spirit. I miss seeing you guys in person. Well, today is the fourth Sunday of Lent. Lent is the six-week period leading up to Easter. It's the time we set aside to prepare ourselves to celebrate Jesus' resurrection. We call this season the 40 Days of Faith at the River. And this year's theme is the character growth. So we've been thinking about different areas uh, where we want to grow in and uh, different things we want to get better at. And I have been thinking about getting better at letting God be near. Because in recent years, I've learned that I'm not very good at it. Get letting God or anyone be near, especially when I'm in pain. This really shouldn't be a surprise. In my teenage years, I literally stopped talking at home, which drove my mother crazy. And I may be slightly better at it than when I was 15, thank goodness. Still, I when I'm struggling, I have a hard time letting God or other people be near which is not um, helpful. It doesn't help me feel better or my relationships. So that's what I would like to talk about today, letting God be near. Charles last week talked about two sisters, Martha and Mary from the book of Luke. Martha and Mary were close friends of Jesus who lived in a town called Bethany not far from Jerusalem. And this week, I would like to share a different story about the sisters. And this one is from the book of John. And it's unclear if they're the same sisters or not, but they, these two are also named Martha and Mary. And their brother, Lazarus, gets very sick. And unfortunately, Jesus is not around to heal him. He's traveling. So the sisters send a message to Jesus saying his, their brother is sick. But Jesus, when he gets the message, decides to stay where he was for two more days. When Jesus finally gets comes to Bethany, Lazarus is already dead. He has been in the tomb for four days. When the sisters hear that Jesus is approaching town, they respond differently. Martha, more polite and proper, goes out and meets Jesus. And when she sees Jesus, she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know God will give you whatever you ask. What is she saying? I think she's subtly saying, where have you been, Jesus? You're too late. You weren't here when we needed you. But then she perhaps feels bad. She doesn't want to upset Jesus. So she follows with, but even now, I know God will give you whatever you ask. It's as if she tries to manage Jesus's feelings. And this might sound familiar to many women who are sometimes, we try to manage the other's feelings even when they let us down um, and we're angry. Her sister Mary responds differently. 
She doesn't get up. She doesn't come out to meet Jesus, but stays home. Then Martha, after talking to Jesus, comes home and tells Mary that Jesus wants to speak to her. Mary gets up then and goes to see him. And she breaks down in front of Jesus and say, says the exact same thing. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary doesn't offer any other words to soften the blow. Jesus, deeply troubled and moved by their sorrow, weeps with them. He goes to the tomb, which is a cave with a large stone covering the entrance. He tells people, take away the stone. And Martha, who didn't really believe that Jesus could do anything for her already dead brother, tries to stop him, saying it will smell. But Jesus insists. When the stone is rolled away, he calls out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man walks out with his face wrapped in burial cloth. And Jesus tells them to unbind him and let him go. This is the famous story of the raising of Lazarus. And there are many paintings that capture Lazarus wrapped in cloth, walking out of the tomb. But I think the story is not about Lazarus. I mean, he has no lines. He doesn't appear until the very end. The story is really about the two women who are heartbroken by their loss, let down by God, marginalized by the world, and Jesus coming and resurrecting their hope and their trust in God. The name Lazarus is a Greek version of the Hebrew name El Ezer, which means God has helped. And Lazarus died, right? That's symbolic. The two sisters lost and buried with their brother. Also their faith in God's help arriving in their time of need. The stories about people who feel let down by God, by the world, marred by their losses. It's a poignant story to read as we hunker down at home with worries about our health, our loved one's health, our finances and our jobs and future. And to me, the story is especially about all women. Of course, you don't have to be a woman to experience this, but the story certainly speaks to women who after a lifelong pattern of being less valued, less heard and less seen, taken less seriously, let down also by Jesus, left bruised and heartbroken and angry, with their faith in God's help arriving in time, eroded, if not dead. Some of us put on a brave face and go on pretending that it's okay, it isn't so bad, like Martha. Some of us don't even try to hide our anger and disappointment, like Mary, who were tired and angry. 
there is a kind of anger that builds living through life as a woman. And sometimes it is hard to let God be near us, like Mary, who didn't want to get up and go greet Jesus. But Jesus does not condemn them. He does not scold them. He doesn't say, you should have more faith. He doesn't say, be more patient and watch your tone. He sees them, he hears them, and he weeps with them. He resurrects their hope, their trust, their faith in God. And he says with his action that he has come for them. Because he has. Jesus has come for the brokenhearted, for the weak, for the marginalized. The Bible says Jesus died for our sins. But when we hear it, we only think about Jesus forgiving our wrongdoings. What about the sins done against us, though? The brokenness of this world, the sins of this world done systematically or individually against us, they leave marks in us. The weight of the sin is carried more heavily by the victims than the victimizers. They're the ones who feel scars in them. They're the ones who have to carry on with their hurts and their bruises limping. And Jesus, as we see in this story, has come for those who are hurting, those who are carrying the weight of others' sins. If Jesus has come for our sins, like the Bible says, it has to mean that he has come to heal us of those marks, the scars we bear, and make us whole. The cross is not just about taking away the guilt, but about bringing restoration, which is not possible in the natural order of things, but made possible by the resurrection power. And when we look to this resurrection power, we can find the courage to let God be near us in our pain, in our disappointments, and in our anger. And let Jesus heal our wounds and restore our hearts, dignity, and trust to believe in ourselves again. I can relate to Mary especially in the last few years when I was going through a personally challenging and dark season. And during that time, I had a hard time letting God be near. I had a hard time getting up and going to Jesus. I didn't particularly want to talk to him. I was angry, tired, and barely surviving. I didn't want to look at Jesus and try to understand. It was only a few months ago that I started to let God be near me again. I started to accept the truth that despite how I felt and how I feel, God was and has been with me. God grieved with me. God accompanies me wherever I go. 
A couple of weeks ago at the River Partners meeting, we announced that I'll be stepping away from my pastoral, pastor role at the river, along with Charles. We both explain, explained our reasons at the meeting, and if you weren't there, you could listen to the recording. But for me, the big reason is that I'm going back to school to study theology. I have felt called to work in children's spirituality for a while now, and that hasn't changed. I'm going back to school to go deeper into it. And this in some ways is me rising again, hoping again, dreaming again, coming out of a dark season. It had, I had been wanting to study more, but hesitant because it felt indulgent to go back to school without a clear plan uh, what to do afterward. But I feel encouraged to do so now and I am believing in myself again, rising up and going to Jesus as Mary did, taking away the stone and unbinding my desire and dream and tending to them again. I will still speak at the river from time to time as a volunteer speaker. Charles and I will be still be uh, still present at the community virtually and hopefully in person soon. And we will still stay on the board. So no goodbyes are needed, which I am very grateful for. As I wrap up, I want to address those of you who want to let God be near you again in your struggles, in your pain and anger, in ways that you were let down and not cared for. Jesus has come for you. Jesus has come to restore you. Remember Mary who despaired, who lost hope, and faith who were angry at God. Just as Jesus called Mary, he's calling you too. Rise up and go to Jesus. He has always been with you. Take away the stone from the tomb, whatever it is that you buried there. Unbind your hope and tend to it. Risk taking risk being disappointed again. Believe in yourself again. Let me pray for us. God, I pray for all of us in this season that we would let you come nearer. I pray that you would find us in our deepest parts. In this strange time of social distancing, and in activity, may there be rest and reflection, communion with you, and transformation in us. May, may this season be the preparation for resurrection and for a new beginning for all of us. Come closer, Jesus. Amen.